Welcome to another edition of Words on a Wire. I'm your host, Tim Z. Hernandez. And today we're going to be speaking with a wonderful uh, human being who is based out of uh, Coronado, California. Her name is Mayela Padilla. She's actually the executive director of Casa Warma. It's a Buddhist meditation center based in Pátzcuaro, Michoacán. That's actually where we met. Started talking about her wonderful poetry and her climate activism. She is also the co-host of a podcast titled Tiny Climate Challenge. And, uh, and also a quick message to the listeners out there. This is our pandemic series of Words on a Wire. So we're actually recording not in the studios at KTEP uh, on campus, on the UTEP campus, as we normally would. We're actually recording out of our homes. Um, and so if you hear a little bit of um, that sound quality uh, out there, it's just because of that's the reason for it. Uh, you know, so wanted, wanted to make a quick mention of that. That said, on with our interview, Mayela Padilla, uh, who'll be speaking about her wonderful collection of poetry titled Orange Line to Tennessee. That's coming up right now on Words on a Wire. Mayela Padilla, welcome to Words on a Wire. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, and thank you for uh, for joining us and for being so willing, even though we're in this unusual situation of recording from our homes. I'm here in El Paso, and you are where exactly right now? I'm in Coronado, California. Coronado, okay. my little podcast booth in a tiny closet. Right, because you also have your own podcast, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I'm glad you're set up that way. That's where you're originally from, is that area, right? Like Coronado, San Diego area, California? Oh, this, you know, that's such a loaded question. Where are <laughs> <Okay>. you from? <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was born in San Luis Obispo, but I did grow up here in San Diego, California. All right, cool. We'll leave it at that for now, because I'll, I'll keep asking you every few minutes, so where are you from? And then you can just, you know, respond differently every time. We wanted to, we're here to talk a lot about, well, you got several projects going on and some really good things, but also you had informed me about this wonderful book you have that you put together called Poems from Ether. Uh, different title now, I forgot. Oh, is, did you change the title? Okay, well, t what's the title now? <laughs> yeah, um, so the book is not out, so this feels like a bit yeah. of a, a premature release here, right. but it's called Orange Line to Tennessee. Ah, based off the poem. The book title was taken. Yeah, by who? Do you know who it was taken by? Somebody who published an ebook on Amazon. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, Orange Line of Tennessee, and that's based on one of the poems I know. Well, why don't you kick us off with a poem first? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, this yeah. is exciting. So I definitely want to share Orange Line to Tennessee with you, but I'll probably read that one last. Okay, so sounds good. Now, um, and I'm following along as you read. I'm reading your work here, so. Okay, great. So one of, um, I write, I speak a couple different languages, none of them very well. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the poems come to me in these other languages. So this one I actually wrote after, I think I was influenced by uh, watching the movie, The Motorcycle Diaries. Mm, you remember that okay. movie? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't? So this is one that came to me in Spanish. So I'll read it in Spanish first, and then I'll read you the English version. Okay. It's called La Verdad. Te quisiera decir todo, especialmente la verdad. Se lo cantaría hasta la profundidad del mar, si yo lo supiera. Pero solamente lo sabe el universo. Y si le preguntas a ella, te dirá. Que la verdad está 
en las estrellas de nuestra noche y también se encuentra en el cariño que le tengo al perfil de tu nariz y en los señales electromagnéticos que se retumban entre nosotros y en el fenómeno de cómo una habitación entera se disuelve solo en nosotros dos. Si escuchas bien, allí encontrarás toda la verdad. Y en cuando lo descubres, espero que lo compartas conmigo. Yay. That was the Spanish version. And would you like to hear the English translated version? No, that's okay. We leave Spanish just hanging out there like that here on the borderlands. <laughs> here in, in El Paso. But we're gonna we're gonna do some in English as well. But I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little bit because I know this is a very uh, a collection of very vulnerable um, and just very honest poems and and sort of scenarios that you that you're um, writing about here. What made you want to um, embark on writing a collection of these poems like like this of this sort of you know sentiment? Well, it's as Ana Castillo likes to say, it wasn't premeditated. I just started writing and it got out of hand. <laughs> so um, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have a choice in the matter. The poems just come. And um, I, I just, as Juan Felipe says, you know, I just run um, for a paper and pen. I run for a paper and pen. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, these, they, they are very intimate and, um, you know, I was gonna, I, I like to play around a lot, I'm very playful. And so I was gonna tell you, you know, when we got started here, that we're about to get very intimate with our words. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And, and that's the whole collection, actually, the whole collection from beginning to end is that way. Even, um, and again, we'll, we'll sort of dissect some of this down as we continue to talk, but even in your um, meditation practice, there are poems about that as well that are also very uh, intimate and also vulnerable poems. You know, um, I find it difficult to write about that subject, but but you do you go, you go there, and it's that was one thing. I just how was that was that an easy process for you to do? Did that feel like a natural, you know, or did the pen get a run away run away from you as well? <laughs> I got out of hand on that. <laughs> Well, for anyone who practices meditation, you um, quickly realize that there's a lot of thinking that takes place while you're seated on the cushion. Mm. And so um, obviously all these thoughts are always coming up. And um, sometimes as hard as I might try to um, label them as thoughts and let them go, <laughs> they keep yeah. kind of uh, grabbing at me. And so then I realize, well, this is as soon as I'm off the cushion, I realize this is something that probably should get written down and shared. Sometimes just, you know, for myself, um, but other right. times I, I do enjoy sharing them with other people because, you know, we're all here having this human experience together. And right. um, I think that what happens for me oftentimes can resonate with many other people as well. Right, right, absolutely. And that does, it resonates with me um, as I was reading your work. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, 
And again, apologies to our listeners because we're this is the pandemic um, series of Words on a Wire. So we're actually recording from our homes. Um, using we're not in the studio as we normally are and so um, right now actually we're recording via zoom I know we're trying a couple of different platforms to see what's the best uh, quality but but this is what we're doing right now so and if you're tuning in just now we are talking to poet photographer eco activist Mayela Padilla who's calling us from the lower part of California <laughs> from the from the lower west side of California um, but also Mayela let's talk a little bit if you don't mind about your current role, you're a director of a meditation center in Batsquaro, Michoacan. Is that correct? Yes, it's called Casa Huerma, and it's a Buddhist meditation retreat center, which is where we met. That's exactly how we met. I know. And then it was strange to be there last summer and then to like know it was it just felt honestly, it felt like uh, we were just instant family because we knew all the same people had been around the same folks. And here I am in Michoacan and suddenly I'm there in your casa Werma and um, and uh, I was just like, yeah, this is this felt right, and yeah, it was kind of crazy that we had all these people in common. In fact, your father, we have to, we should mention him as well, um, Ernesto Padilla, is a legendary uh, publisher of Chicano literature with Lalo Press back in the day, uh, and that's how I actually first heard of your father was through that through, through those publications. Yeah. It's, um, I didn't realize what he was doing back then. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't until I got older that I, be, I became really aware of um, just what an incredible, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's not that he's a legend, but um, legacy, he is, though. that's the word. He, he, an yeah. yeah. He is a legend, though. He published. Uh, so he was. He was the first publisher for a lot of writers that we know today. You know, um, one of my favorites and one of your friends, Michelle Cedros. You know, he published her Chicana Falsa, and I actually owned that original publication. So uh, it was the first time I ever read her work. I got it in Long Beach. I think from her. She probably sold it to me. <laughs> She's such a voice and a power there. You know, um, uh, and across the country. Her work is still, I mean, it's just incredible, the work she's done, the people she's mentored, the writers that come out of all the people you're mentioning, you know, Michelle Cerros, Juan Felipe Herrera, they were all mentors to other writers who we're seeing come up today. So that must have been an incredible yeah, yeah. experience for you growing up. It was. I always tell people that I had a very bohemian upbringing with all these creatives hanging out at my house and in my living room. Every weekend was a party. There was always some kind of entertainment going on, whether it was um, folks acting a play or reading their wow. poetry, reciting their poetry or playing live music. Um, there was always some kind of entertainment going on and it was always really fun to be around. Which makes sense because now you're a poet, a photographer, as I said, uh, you know, amongst other things, a director, uh, you know, and a, a world traveler. So all of that obviously was, you know, informed who you've become. Um, that's an interesting upbringing. I, I worry about my children all the time. <laughs> They're gonna be just fine. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. I, that's good to no, know. I was, yeah. I mean, and these things have always been in me. It's only later in life that I felt comfortable enough to express them because as you said, they are very intimate. And what we haven't mentioned is that I actually worked for 20 years as an environmental scientist. Right. <laughs> and wow. so people always go, Well, that's interesting. You know, you have this creative side and then you have this other side of you that's very logic driven and data driven. And so I just tell yeah. people that that's because all sides of my brain like light up. <laughs> 
even though um, I have dedicated my life and my career to environmental science and to now I'm very passionate, I'm a climate activist, I'm very passionate about solving our climate crisis, the poetry and the creative side is still a part of who I am. And I've always tried to find a way to express it. Right. I was just going to say that's the super nerdy side of me. And what I want, what I hope people take away from this is just knowing that poetry is, um, can be anything and it's everywhere. So it's even in your math classes and in your physics classes and um, your science yeah. classes. And right. um, a lot of what we haven't really discussed is um, my poems are actually pretty short. So I did mention they're playful. They're also pretty brief. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll just, let's see here. Oh, here's one that I really love. Here's yeah. One. It's called Quantum Mechanics. Quantum Mechanics. Can you tell me how to resolve Heisenberg's uncertainty principle? Because I'd really like to figure you out. <laughs> So that poem was actually like a footnote. Of <laughs> yeah, because some people might not know what it is. I, I, I so don't. Heisenberg, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. It states that the position and the velocity of an object cannot be measured exactly at the same time, even in theory. So when I wrote this poem, I actually had a huge crush on my physics professor. <laughs> and yeah, that happens. And, I, I, um, I bet. <laughs> I, I, so I was like, if I could, be, and this is an unsolved principle in physics, by the way, like still to this day. Okay. So I was thinking if I could resolve this, then somehow I could get to know him as well. I could totally figure him out as well. <laughs> yeah. Of course, so, neither of things happened. Hence, I'm still here writing poetry and I don't have a Nobel prize in physics. So both of them proved too complicated. <laughs> exactly. Or just not worth it. <laughs> uh, and then, should we do another short one? Yeah, 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 please. How about, how about a little math problem? Sure, why not? We're in, we're, <laughs> you put my, my brain to work anyway. Let's do it. <laughs> so this one's uh, based off of something my best friend April shared with me. It's some some girl talk, some advice that she had for me one day. And then I just put it in uh, algebraic terms. Okay. It's called oh. April Algebra. Gotcha. If you like him X, he should like you X plus one. So at the end of the day, it's easier for X to walk away when all is said and done. <laughs> so check my math. I, uh, yeah, I, I'll, you get an A. <laughs> oh, man. If you're just tuning in, this is Words on a Wire, and we're talking with poet, photographer, eco-activist, Mayela Padilla. And we're talking about her new book, which is called The Orange Line to Tennessee. Only because I'm only saying that because the book's unpublished and she had a different title on it. It was called uh, Poems from Ether, but she's changed the title. And now, did I get it right, Mayela? Is that the, is that the title? Yep, that's it. Orange Line to Tennessee. Wonderful. Well, um, can you talk a little bit about how, because you have a section in here called Dharma Poems, I believe is the title there. And um, can you talk a little bit more about how you got involved in meditation? How did, how did that start? Oh my goodness. Talk about another loaded question here. Where do we want to go back? Let's see. So I grew up Catholic. Uh, I was baptized Catholic and I did my first communion. 
And I remember getting to shortly thereafter, kind of starting to question my faith and my spiritual journey and asking my mom questions that she did not have answers for. Mm. And so we have, by the way, we have yet to mention my mom on this podcast, but she's also very instrumental. She's a writer, a published uh, poet as well. And, oh, I didn't know um, that. Mm-hmm, I apologize. A very I apologize. creative force. Yeah. And very charismatic. In fact, she's a Mexican born. My father is also a Mexican heritage, but he was born here in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, in the United States. Ah, but in right any here. case... Yeah, so I always tell uh, folks that I have a Mexican heart and charm, and I get that from my mom's side. <laughs> um, not that my dad isn't a, isn't a great guy, but um, he's more on the intellectual side, but also yeah. he's creative. He's a, he's a desert Chicano. I get those. That's that's how I was raised. Yeah. I was raised by my mom, a desert Chicana. <laughs> tough. They're tough, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> My mom, um, you know, she's always been very honest with us. And and so she told me, you know, you're asking me a bunch of questions and I can't answer. And so at this point, I'm going to have to set you free, uh, which I thought was um, really loving and kind. And um, so I that's uh, what started my search for, um, you know, my truth and and what felt right for me. Um, That's what started me on my spiritual journey. And when I got to college, um, I, I met, um, nobody knows this. I'm sharing things with you guys that I, um, that I don't normally confess to, but a Good. few people know these things, but, um, All right. my, col- my college sweetheart at, at Santa Monica college, I had a college sweetheart and his name was Rivers Cuomo and he's the lead singer of Weezer mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, he was. Then he was the lead singer of a band that was the precursor to Weezer, but was right. writing uh, songs uh, for Weezer at that time. So That's in any crazy. case, um, <laughs> I know it's a while. So he was my college sweetheart, and then Michelle Setos was my college best friend. So the three right. of us hung out together. Totally. And, God, and that would have been crazy. <laughs> we had so many fun adventures. So in any case, um, Rivers was into meditation. And he started to tell me about it. And I just loved, um, he, he actually grew up on an ashram. It had been part of his upbringing his whole life. And so um, when I met him and he shared these things with me, I just knew that this was something that I wanted to explore more. And so I didn't really get into it while we dated. But um, after we broke up, I started to look into it. And um, that's, that's kind of where it all started. And then um, I actually... I have been married once before. Um, when I met my ex, we um, we married in the Catholic Church. I went back to what I had known. Um, we baptized my daughter as well. I have a daughter now. Um, but when we divorced, I decided to go back to my meditation practice and start exploring my Buddhist faith. And um, that's when I met my current husband, who um, happened to be a Buddhist. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've come full circle. This is amazing. <laughs> And um, that's kind of how I ended up here. Very and long so, story. no, 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 that's the story we want. The, the, we want to get we want to get into the nuts and bolts of who Maya Padilla is. <laughs> um, 
So how do you see, um, and, and this is kind of what we're, I'm turning a, a corner in terms of like what we're talking about in terms of the subject here, because I want to, I want to aim towards something that uh, you and I are actually collaborating on. Um, but how do you see meditation and poetry, um, you know, creating positive change in, in your immediate communities or in the, in the greater world? That's a big, that's a big question, I realize, but yeah. That's something I'm always, yeah, I think I'm always just interested in generally. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, you know, I've always been um, a lover of languages and of words and, you know, words have incredible meaning. And that's one of the main ways that we communicate with one another. And so words to me um, can convey um, great healing. Um, I mean, they can convey many things, but um, the way that I choose to live my life is um, according to my core values, which are gratitude. My, I call them my three G's, gratitude, gentleness, and generosity. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to get the across through everything I do, including um, my words and the language that I speak. And so um, there's a lot of noise in the world. And the reason yeah. why I keep my poem so playful and so primitive is because um, I don't want to overly complicate things. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of noise and anxiety and stress. And so I, that's how I show my love for the mm. world and for others is um, through my gift of poetry and by sharing my voice. Right. And if you're just tuning into Words on a Wire, we're speaking with poet, uh, photographer, and director of meditation retreat in Michoacan uh, by the name of Mayala Padilla. And um, also, you know, you've been you've been doing this sort of on all sides of the spectrum, not just through the meditation retreat center there in Michoacan, but also, and again, not just through the poetry, but also through your eco activism. Um, you know, you also recently did a big event. If I, if you don't mind me saying, with Al, with you know, with former VP Al Gore, uh, what was? How did that happen? And what's that about? I mean, you're you're working on the national, you know, international level here. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I call him Mr. Sunshine, by the way. <laughs> Mr. Sunshine. You even have a nickname for him. That's cool. <laughs> Does he know you call him that though? <laughs> Um, and the first time I met him, I, so, you know, with somebody who's that big and that important and has like, he has a title that comes before his name, but that's a long, you know, former vice president, Al Gore. Like those are a lot of words to say when you first meet someone like hi, former, but you know, so I asked his staff, um, the first time that I met him, what I should call him. Do I call him Al? Do I call him Mr. Gore? Do I call him former vice president? And so, um, they, I, I said, I just call him Mr. Sunshine. I said, can I call him Mr. Sunshine? <laughs> and they looked at me very seriously and they said, do not, do not call him Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> and so, you know, we have playful and fun yeah. and I'm like, right. this is just way too serious. I'm like, that's not Keep it fair. Real. <laughs> yeah. So in any case, um, when uh, I was waiting backstage to come out on stage with him, he came over and he introduced himself to all the panels. I was on a leadership panel with him. Um, and I said, um, pleasure to meet you, Mr. Gore, your staff informed me. I said, I like to call you Mr. Sunshine, but your staff informed me that that was not a good name nickname for you. 
or that was, I don't know exactly how he said it, but in any case, he laughed. He belly laughed, actually. He thought that was hilarious. Wow, and that's uh, so that's my <laughs> special name for him. So yes, um, Mr. Sunshine and I, um, I was, I just served as an MC uh, at a recent climate conference, a climate training with over 6,000 activists worldwide. And wow. um, it was completely like I wasn't expecting this personal invitation to do this, but I was completely honored and um, just so thrilled. And you're right, I do. I bring my heart into everything I do. Um, I do a lot of climate um, presentations and um, I, where I talk to folks about facing climate change with heart because um, again, not all of us are in the cerebral part of climate change, you know, right, um, right. while it's I think climate change is real, and um, and as a scientist too, I um, you know highly uh, believe in climate science. But not everyone is right there with you, and so I think it's important for us to get out of our heads and connect with folks at the heart level. Right, and um, and I agree with you. <clears throat> and because we're running really short on time here, um, I wanted to get in there too that we are incorporating. You and I have decided to do a collaboration, which we started talking about. I think I think since last year, to be honest with you, um, we're doing a collaboration, um, the first of its kind that we know of, at least um, on in this area in this region. Um, that is, we're calling it Wind Flag Mind Moves. It's a binational contemplative writers series. It's a collaboration between Casa Werma there in Pátzcuaro, Michoacán, and the creative writing department here at UTEP, um, right here where our radio station is housed out of. And uh, we're going to have a great lineup, virtual lineup of um, readers and poets and uh, workshop, workshops, things of that nature. Um, how did you, because this idea actually came from you. You had the idea and you threw it at me and I said, I love it. Let's run with it. Um, but how did you get that, that vision sort of come up? How did that happen well for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there had been a lot of requests from participants who had come down to Costa Warma, a lot of creative uh, folks who really wanted to do some write, some type of writing retreat. And right. so I think I was just waiting for you to come along um, in order <laughs> to make that happen. As, right. as we say, very auspicious coincidence. coincidence. And um, yeah. Uh. And so I'm right. really excited right. for this opportunity because we are going big right out of the gate here with Juan Felipe Herrera being our first guest. That's right. That's going to be on November 6th. We have Juan Felipe Herrera, and he's going to be talking a little bit about his writing and how uh, his own practices, his own contemplative practices have informed his writing and work. And we do a Q&A, and, and we're going to roll along um, you know, for the next at least a uh, few months or who knows how many months down the road. We're going to be rolling along with a great series of different offerings like that um, for the community out there, the virtual community. So look out for that as well. Um, Maella, we are now in our last final minute. And so why don't we have you read us a poem to take us out? Okay. Well, I'd like to read you the poem that my title, my book is now based on Orange Line to Tennessee. And the reason why I share this with you is because, um, there's a song that a friend of mine wrote that I also shared with you. So if you want to include that in your podcast, um, I think that would be lovely. So he based his song off of the words of my poem. So it's called Orange Line to Tennessee. I walked past those spaces in time that you occupied only hours ago. The concrete bench in front of the orange line, forever haunted with the memories 
of your tender being, those stolen kisses from your lips, and a love that could never be mine. And that is the voice of poet, photographer, and eco-activist Tamayla Padilla, who's calling us from Coronado in California and is about to go back uh, to her home in Pátzcuaro, Michoacán. <laughs> Maela, it's really been great having you and looking forward to, to the book being published. And of course, we'll share it when it comes out. We'll share it with the readers and, and let them know as well. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tim. This was super fun. And uh, yes, as, as you mentioned, I can't wait to get back to the fun side of the border. <laughs> the fun side of the border. I, I think I agree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Maela. Take care. And that wraps it up for this edition of Words on a Wire. We'd like to thank our special guest, Maela Padilla. Um, and hopefully you keep an eye and ear out for her poetry, her collection titled Orange Line to Tennessee will be coming out very soon. I'd also like to thank our producers, uh, D. Wu, back there behind the uh, magical um, board. And I'd also like to thank you, our listeners, and we look forward to you uh, tuning in next week same time same place right here on ktep 88.5 fm